listen to the podcast, Life and Advice from Inside CDS. It's your source of business and accounting news, leadership advice, and actionable takeaways that you can implement in your own life and business. Now, here's our guest, CPA and Senior Accountant, Thomas Steckman, and today's host, partner, CPA and CFE, Annette Benson. In this two-part podcast series, they share some tax tips for the 2022 filing season. This episode is for individuals. Part two on February 17th will be for businesses. Just a reminder, our podcast, part one on individuals and part two on businesses are available on our CDS website, cdscpa.com. Just type in podcasts in the search box. So today we plan to cover a variety of tax topics specifically related to individuals. So, Thomas, what is this year's tax filing season shaping up like? I've read that the Treasury is saying it's going to be a frustrating one. Why is that? Yeah, so the 2021 tax filing season runs from Monday, January 24th to Monday, April 18th, with January 24th being the first day that the IRS is accepting and processing 2021 tax returns. The reason for the potentially frustrating and sluggish service is that the IRS is understaffed and backlogged from the past filing seasons as well as the previous COVID relief legislation. You know, according to the National Taxpayer Advocate 2021 Annual Report to Congress that just came out a few weeks ago, since fiscal year 2010, the IRS's workforce has shrunk by 17%, whereas the number of individual filings has increased almost 19%. So, you know, there's a lot more work that has to be done by fewer people. You know, in addition to the shortage of the IRS staff, as of late December, the IRS still has about 6 million unprocessed, originally filed individual income tax returns and 2.3 million unprocessed amended individual returns. But despite, you know, the backlog of unprocessed returns, there are specific things that individuals can do to speed along their return. Oh, that's awful. The backlog, I just, we've had lots of correspondence with clients and that, so... Um it's going to be frustrating, but we're ready. So what are some things that taxpayers can do to speed up their returns? Yeah, so the biggest thing that taxpayers can do is just get get started early and get organized, you know. So throughout January, of this January, they'll be receiving a lot of their tax documents in the mail. So it's real important for them to identify those documents and put them away and organize them now so that when we're it comes time to actually prepare their return, they're not we're not chasing documents down and we can get the tax returns filed. Good point. And then in addition to that, you know, electronically filing the return is the quickest way as well to process the, for the IRS to process their tax return, especially if they're expecting a tax refund. Um, Many times we see that the refunds actually come three to six weeks earlier if the clients electronically file their tax return rather than to paper file it. And, you know, if you are expecting to get a refund too, it helps to have that refund direct deposit into your bank account rather than re- receive a paper check. We see the wait times get cut even less. There are also handy tools on the IRS's website where you can check the status of your return or refund. Okay. So kind of organize your stuff. If you have someone prepare your returns, they probably sent you some sort of organizer that helps to know what you need to accumulate Um, Maybe look at last year's return. If you have any new items, make sure you bring the documents for that. Absolutely. All good points. Okay. And then also, you know, if you aren't going to be able to file your return by the April 18th deadline, it is important to make sure that you file an extension on Form 4868 by the April 18th original deadline. 
Uh, this just gives you a six-month extension to actually file your return, and so you actually will have until October 17th of 2022 to file your tax return. With filing that Form 4868 extension, you'll have, if you think you're going to owe money, you have to make an estimate, a reasonable estimate of what that tax liability is going to be and pay any balance due with your Form 4868 request. You know, the, the, the extension doesn't really give you an extension on paying the amount due. It just gives you more time to file your returns. So um, if they don't file on time, even if you file your extension, you could still get penalties, right, and interest? Correct, okay. exactly. If you don't have enough paid in by the original due date of the return, that April 15th, you may still be subject to penalties and interest as well. So. Okay. And then another, another big point is, you know, with the trend of the tax law becoming more and more complex, it's important that if you have a question that you're seeking help from a professional tax preparer and completing your tax returns. And here at CDS, we have 40 individuals dedicated to helping out our tax clients prepare their income tax returns. Right. And some things you're going to talk about coming up are exactly what you're talking about, becoming what used to be an easy return, a W-2 and a couple of children has become a more complex return. Mm -hmm. And so Very much it's good so. to ask questions on mm -hmm. that. Another topic that comes up a lot is understanding differences between what is standard deduction and what is itemized deduction. Can you give a little info on that? Yeah, so a lot of times when you hear people talking about tax, uh, the term standard deduction and itemized deductions get thrown out quite a bit. And really there's, there's two ways to look at that. So your standard deduction, your itemized deductions are deductions that you can take on your federal income tax return to reduce your total taxable income on the federal level. Um, and you can choose, you have to, it's either or, so you either take the standard deduction or the itemized deduction. And the standard deduction amount varies depending on your income, age, filing status, and that changes every year, and the IRS sets sets that every year. And so just as an example, for 2021, the standard deduction for single or married filing joint is 12550 whereas if you're married filing joint, the standard deduction is 25100 So that's a flat amount that everyone would be entitled to no matter what. Correct, okay. exactly. And the other option, if you don't take the standard deduction, is you can choose to itemize and what this is, is you get to include amounts that you paid for state and local income taxes, real estate taxes, personal property taxes, mortgage interest, and disaster losses, as well as if you have gifts to charity or other medical and dental expenses. And so some of these expenses, there's individual limitations on those, but essentially you get to add up all those expenses, and that is your itemized deductions. Typically, you know, we see clients who that would benefit this if they've got uh, large uninsured medical and dental expenses, if they have a lot of mortgage interest or pay a lot of real estate taxes on their home. And if your itemized deductions are greater than your standard deductions, then you'd choose to take the itemized deductions. Okay. That explains that. So mm -hmm. just kind of a general tax overview summary I kind of think of is um, you tally up all of your income items, your W-2, your business, and all that, and you get to what your total gross income is. Then you'd subtract either the standard or the itemized, whichever's higher, and get to what your taxable income is. Then you'd calculate taxes on that. 
And then that leads into the next thing. How, how do credits and deductions work? Yeah, so credits are different than deductions. You know, as we talked about earlier with the itemized deductions and standard deductions, those, those items just actually reduce your taxable income before you actually calculate your, your tax that you owe. Where credits, on the other hand, they're used to offset any tax that you owed as well as you, well, you can even increase your tax refund. So depending on the credits, some may even generate a refund even if you don't owe any tax. Okay. So you get to calculate your taxable income, calculate your tax, take the credits off, which are dollar for dollar against your taxes, and then compare that to what you have paid in in payments or have been withholdings, and that's where you get your refund or Or money. amount due. Okay. Correct. Yep. So one thing you mentioned in the itemized deductions was charitable contributions. There was a change on that in 2020 and carrying into 2021. Can you explain that? Yeah. So prior to 2020, the only way a taxpayer would be allowed to deduct their charitable contributions on an individual level is if they were to itemize. But in 2020, there was a change that allowed filers who were taking the standard deduction to take a little bit of a deduction for charitable contributions they made during that year. And so, for example, in 2021, you can take a deduction up to up to $600 for married taxpayers filing joint and 300 for other filers for cash contributions made in 2021. Okay. Good to know. So again, credits are taken right off your taxes dollar for dollar. And one of the really hot topics now that everyone sees in the news and we're getting a lot of questions on is the um, for families with children something called the Advanced Child Tax Credit. Can you share some insights on questions you're getting on that and just explain it a little bit more? Yeah, so this is one that there's a lot of attention on right now. And we seem to be getting a lot of questions from clients on what is this Advanced Child Tax Credit and should they be, should they be uh, opting out or be taking this advanced payment? And so to back up a little bit, in 2021, they decided to change the credits a little bit as far as the child tax credits. And before 2021, you're allowed to take a $2,000 credit on your tax return for any children that you had ages 17 and under. And now they actually increase that, the amount of the credit. So children less than age 6 are eligible for a $3,600 credit where Children from age 6 to 17 are eligible for a $3,000 credit. And so based on that, the IRS has came out and said that they're going to calculate what they think your credit is going to be for 2021 based off of your 2020 income taxes and actually start making advance payments of half of that starting in July and make that each month from July on through December. So starting in July, they would have started seeing payments based off of their 2020 returns, and it would have been an advance on this credit that normally they only saw on their tax return at the end of the year. Correct. Okay. And and so the IRS actually came out and set up a portal that uh, taxpayers could go and elect out of this advance payment if they want. And so basically how it works is you know, they get this advance payment throughout the year, and then when it comes time to file in their tax return, there's uh, they calculate what the the total tax credit is less the the advance payments that they've already received, and so a lot of taxpayers uh, rely on the, that 
big tax credit at tax time to generate their refund or cover any tax due. So by taking these advance payments, they might, some might be shocked and not, and have lower refunds than past years or may even have amounts due from these advance payments. So that's kind of why the IRS went out there and set up this portal for uh, taxpayers to elect out if needed. Okay. So if they didn't elect out, they're going to get some correspondence? Yes. So the IRS actually came out with letter 6419 that was sent out at the end of 2021. And what this is just going to give a summary for to basically list out all of the advance payments that they got from July until December. And I believe it's just going to be a total of what you received. But the the kind of the catch to this is if you're fi- married filing jointly with your spouse, each spouse is going to receive this uh, 6419 letter with half the amount of the payments reported on each of them. So, so keep both of the letters and report both of the letters. Yes. Yeah, so received. when filing your 2021 tax return, this it's real important to bring these letters into your tax account because then they'll be able to reconcile what you already received in these advance payments versus the actual credit that you're allowed to take on your return. So when they get these letters, they should also compare to their records and make sure they match up because I think I've read there's been some problems with that. Yeah, we've seen a few articles actually come out this week that are stating that there are discrepancies on these these letters, these 6419 letters, the amounts that they report on those letters versus what they actually received. And so it's important for the taxpayers to actually go through their bank statements and total what they actually received from July through December and make sure make sure that's actually matching these letters. Okay. And some of the reasons we saw where they weren't matching was because maybe they switched bank accounts and... Yeah, that's that's the big one that we're seeing is, or hearing about anyways, okay. is, you know, if they switch bank accounts, maybe the the IRS isn't picking up all of the payments. Okay. So, just, so important to reconcile. Yes, correct. Okay. And the flip side of this is if somebody opted out, they could be getting more credits, or if they filed with different children than they did on their 2020 returns, that might make a difference too, right? Yeah, exactly. And so just because you opted out doesn't mean you're going to lose that the payments that would have been advanced to. You'll get to you'll get to claim them as a credit on your 2021 tax return. Or in some cases, what we're seeing too is for taxpayers that had a kid in 2021 where the IRS didn't know about it, the IRS didn't calculate those kids or those dependents in in the advanced payments that were sent out. So you'll get an additional credit then on your tax return in those cases as well. Okay. So kind of to recap on that again, if you had children before you were getting a $2,000 credit already, you were seeing it on your returns at the end of the year. Um, Now this year the credit went up, but you got half of it ahead of time. So you should come out close to last year. Potentially. all depends on where your income level is and if, if your kid is under six or not. So if it's, if the kid is between 6 and 17, it was only a $3,000 credit. So you're going to see a little bit of a reduced credit come tax time. So, Or if there are some pretty significant phase-outs in this credit too. So if income went up quite a bit from 2020 to 2021, they might not be eligible for that for that additional credit 
compared to 2020. For the extra so amount, but they'd exactly. still qualify probably for the... The original 2000, 2000. that's been... Okay. Yep. So it's possible if their income went up, they got the advanced credits that they shouldn't have gotten, then it might affect their yeah, refunds and they, quite a bit. Yeah, and they might actually be essentially paying back some of the credit okay. when they file the tax returns. Okay. So. okay. Um, another tax question we've been getting is about the third economic impact payments or sometimes called stimulus payments and claiming any rebates with that. Can you share some insights on that topic? Yeah. So the third economic impact payment or third stimulus payment was authorized by the American Rescue Plan Act of 2021 as an advance payment of the 2021 recovery rebate credit. So a lot like what we saw with the first two stimulus checks that were received in 2020, um, they were really a 2020 tax credit that was just advanced early. And that's the same case here. So the third economic impact payment was a $1,400 payment per taxpayer independent that was generally, we saw them pushed out early in 2021. And in most cases, these were based off of your 2020 income tax filing if 2021 was not filed yet. Yep. Uh, so, so again, this year, when it comes time to file in your 2021 tax return, that stimulus payment is not taxable much like in 2020, but we need to be sure that we're reconciling on your tax return. So if you didn't get enough of a payment advanced to you earlier on in the year, we can take a credit for any additional amount that you're eligible for. Okay. So one thing you mentioned when we were talking about the credits and stuff was the income thresholds. So there is some things that are dependent on how much your income is. Do you have any suggestions on ways to lower your income even though the year's up? Yeah, absolutely. So both with the advanced child tax credit and this third uh, round of stimulus payments, the the phase-out threshold is a lot lower than what we've seen in the past. And so come time when we're filing these 2021 tax returns, we're going to see clients who are right on that border where their income's just a little too high to be eligible for the full amount of these credits. And so there's some things we can do to take advantage of this when filing their 2021 tax returns. And a couple of the big ones are just contributions to retirement plans. So uh, taxpayers who are eligible contribute to traditional IRAs or SEP IRAs if they own a business. And even if that amount isn't paid by the end of 2021, as long as it's paid in by the due date of the tax return, April 15th, we can take a deduction for those things and reduce their income to the point where they're going to be eligible for the full amount of the credit or more than if they didn't make those contributions. And the same thing goes for health savings account too. Okay. So there is some opportunities to investigate if you're on the border of getting some of those credits. And if you want to look at your tax brackets, maybe you're just a hair over or whatever, there are some things you can maybe still look into. Correct. Okay. One last thing, any tips for 2022? Yeah, absolutely. So the big one, you know, is it's never too early to start planning for your current year uh, retirement plan contribution. So I what we talk about a lot of tax time with our clients, too, is their contributions for the next year. So 2022 tax contributions, it's a perfect time to start looking at and start contributing throughout the year so you don't have to do it all at year end. Great. Thank you, Thomas. Just a reminder that this podcast on individuals, our part two podcast on businesses and other topics 
are all available on our cdscpa.com website. Type in podcast in the search box. Thanks for listening to this podcast episode of Life and Advice from Inside CDS. We hope you gained some valuable insights and tax tips for the 2022 filing season to help you succeed. The podcast is brought to you by the CPAs and trusted advisors inside the accounting firm of CDS.